Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Where did that rain come from? And everybody telling me we were into a heat wave. What's going on? It's good fishing weather. That's the main thing at this time of the year with the Mayfly up. Anyway, hope you're dry today. It's going to clear off by evening time and the weekend not too bad. Welcome to the show. We have a full cast as usual between now and half past three. Louise, what about your towels at home. I want to talk about towels for a moment. Now, this may seem a little random to be sure, but you and I were you chatting need them about in that it. Weather. <laughs> you need a good towel in that weather, <laughs> is right? Good. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. You're right. It's appropriate today. Uh, we've been chatting about this. Uh, on, on foot of something we saw about an expert talking about how often you should wash your towels. Now, can I ask you first off, having a shower, a bath, or whatever, one use and into the wash? Yeah. Only one use? And it's the same in my house. The kids, I just constantly washing towels. Will they only use them once? Yeah, oh yeah. And they will, they will, they'll nearly get sick if you say, Do you want, you're not going to wash that again. Use that again. No. Well, can I say, I like to get two showers out of the one towel. So I shower, hang the towel up and let it dry out completely mm-hmm. and use the second time. And then I'll put it into the wash. Two I like, Louise. I think you should get at least two. <laughs> yeah, but Jerry, <laughs> Go on. Go on, say it. You're thinking it. You might as well say it. So on the second shower, you could be wiping your face with the same side of the towel that you wiped your ass <laughs> the time before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be crude, but yeah, I could, seriously. I could, but it's my ass and my face. Oh, Jerry! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not anybody else's. Oh. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You know what about it? But listen, no, 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 stop, no, 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 there won't be any of that stuff on you, your towel. You still have the dry skin cells and all ah. you know, bits and bobs that stick to you. Again, they're mine. They're <laughs> mine. They're mine. They're not anybody else's. As, as long as I don't, you know, nobody Share. else uses that towel. Now, listen, let's come back then to the hand towel in the bathroom or the kitchen. And if you're a couple, do you use the same towel and leave it there for a number of days? No. No. Do you share the same towel? Share no. the same towel. You know, a hand towel, you yeah. might just wash your face in the morning. Do you share that towel? No. Oh, you don't? No. You have your own towel? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're very suave mm-hmm. with a towel of your own. And the kids have their own towels. And are they used for a number of days? Normally on the floor. <laughs> um, no. No. No, that's what I'm saying. Every I, like we, we had this conversation about my wash basket being really sick. Yeah. You go to my wash basket and it throws up every time. There's never anything in the wash basket. There's towels all around it and hanging from pictures and everything. And every day I'm, I'm washing towels. I just think you need a new regime and you need to rethink this. And the kids do sports a lot. so I understand that. But I have to say a hand towel, a towel in the kitchen or that, in our house, it would be there for a number of days. Now, there's only the two of us now, you know what I mean? And we do share them and that as well. And I don't think there's a bit of an issue with them. But Changing a towel every single day wouldn't happen. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think COVID changed a lot of people's practices 
in terms of tells as well? Well, did it? Let's ask them. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. <laughs> what about your towel? Are you a one-day towel person? A two-day? A five-day? A two-week? Do you do matching towels? <laughs> oh, my God almighty, white towels. We better not go there. 086-1800-658. Come on, WhatsApp or text us to the show this Friday afternoon. What's your policy on towels? Now, we have somebody standing by. She knows all about towels and she's going to lay down the law with us here today on Late Lunch. I've spoken to her before. She's simply brilliant. She is the queen of clean, Lindsay Crombie. Welcome back to Late Lunch. Hiya. This has just had me in stitches, this conversation. <laughs> because like, it's so hard. I'm sort of in the middle of you both. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, as much as I would like to be washing them every single day, I also think of the impact on the environment and the impact on my time. So do you know what I mean? So I'm sort of an every other day towel washer. Okay. So I'm more like you. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, thank God I was sinking there for a while. You've just thrown me the life boy. Now the two years are stink- stinking. <laughs> stinking and sinking. <laughs> Louise says we're stinking, Lindsay. No way. Come on. Yeah, but I, I'm probably with Louise on the things like I have a separate towel to do my face, so I wouldn't use the same towel that I've dried my body on to do my face. So I have a separate one, right. uh, whereas obviously you do. And the hand towel in the kitchen, that is washed every day without doubt. But the one in the downstairs toilet that is used probably quite frequently, I tend to turn it. So it's quite a good size towel and I sort of turn it sort of then I can get four uses out of it and then I put it in the wash. Because I'm always just trying to think a little bit ahead you know, to make my life a bit easier because today, for example, it's a beautiful day here. I've been washing nearly all day because a family of five, it never, ever ends. Right. And Louise was just saying that she has three children and, of course, uh, own as well. And they're all, uh, they're into their sports and yeah, everything. Every they, day aren't they? Something. Yeah, something. Yeah, they are. But look, do you think, like, uh, Lindsay, you know, you're more with me, two uses. Now, here's another one. Here's Ursula, who's on to us from the dock today. Jerry, I do that, and I might even get a third day out of it, says Ursula. Go on, you good thing, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Lindsay, what do you no, think? Three days, no, a no-no for you at three. You Don't go past two, yeah, do you? It, prob- probably, but you know what it depends like if you've used loads and loads of soap when you're showering and you've used a body brush to get all those dead skin cells off you're coming out of the shower pretty clean to be honest aren't you yes so as long as you you know dry yourself thoroughly and then leave your dry somewhere to hang and dry don't chuck it on the floor don't fold it if it's open and it's drying so it's perfectly dry it's probably okay to use for free uses if you want to but again it's personal choice if there was a stain on it say a makeup stain um, fake tan stain or it was starting to smell I certainly couldn't use it again so I'd have to put it in the wash so I think it sort of depends where you've been and like with Louise's children being into their sports they're going to be sweatier than the average child that's not into their sports so she perhaps does need to wash them every single day I think it depends on your lifestyle and who you are as a person What about colours of towels? Well, I'm, I, I do mix mine. I'm completely honest with you. There's lots of products on the market where you can get those colour catchers so you can mm. mix through colours together when washing. But in terms of colours that you don't see stains, I would never have white towels in the bathroom because I think they would just show up every single thing and they would make you want to wash them more and more often. So I sort of stick to dark colours like your blacks and your greys because then you're not seeing that dirt as much. You're not that anal about washing them. Yes, exactly. And, and, and you know, you, you make a good point there. Drying them out, the, to dry them, when you have them uh, consistently damper, they're damp from one use to the other. Certainly, Lindsay, that's a breeding ground, isn't it, for bacteria and everything? Yeah, definitely. And I think when you go on holiday and you can only take, say, two or three towels in your suitcase because you can't get them all in and you're there for two weeks, you know, those towels are going to get pretty dirty, aren't they? So we tend to air them, don't we? If we've got a good-sized balcony on holiday, we air them, we make sure they're bone dry before we use them again. Um, And you can make up sort of as well, I always take on holiday, like a fabric refresher spray. I make a homemade one up and I can spray my towel, let them dry in the sun. And they're pretty good to go the next day. So I think some Sometimes it's about 
thinking outside the box. Like, and if you have got a sunny day at home, rather than leave your towel in the bathroom, take it outside and hang it on the washing line. It doesn't have to have been in the washing machine for it to mm. go on the washing line. You know, use the weather, get it outside, dry it, use your balcony, you know, your banister in your hallway um, to let it air dry, but don't fold it up because they're not properly drying and those germs are spreading within the towel. Yeah, what about younger people uh, and cleanliness and hygiene? Are they over the top? You know what I mean? Are they, uh, you know, a different generation like ours? My God, we were lucky to have running water and a towel in the house. And when I think of when I was growing up, well, we had, we had, and water was free as well. But you know what I'm talking about today? Showering, uh, some people shower more than once a day. Yes, Can you imagine yeah, yeah. the towel yeah. use there? Yeah, totally. I know someone that showers four times a day and I always think about, oh my God, you're washing, but he does use the same towel for those four showers. <laughs> not so bad. The ta- but, the, but the towel's not going to be dry, is it, in between no. those uses? So I, I don't really understand why he does that. But I think as well, you know, the generation is not sort of thinking about our energy bills, our water consumption. Sure. You know, when, you th- when you're paying your household bills and you realise what you're using, you are naturally going to cut back because there is an energy crisis on at the moment and we shouldn't be using our washing machines constantly if we can get away with it, you know, and we shouldn't be showering constantly. You know, one shower a day, you're pretty clean unless you've been somewhere and got purposely dirty. Mm, I think we're heading down a road where people will actually start to consider, you know, uh, beyond one use towel, uh, you know, policy in the home or if you're having showers. And and it's going to be focused exactly by what you say, the rising cost of energy and, of course, the environmental aspect of of this as well. So your your rules of thumb for us today, more than one use for the shower with the towel. Uh, in the kitchen, definitely, you're not demurring from that one. Uh, every day changes. No. Yeah, because I think your, your tea towel, your hand towel in the kitchen, you know, it's easy just to wash. And we normally have quite a few of those as well, don't we? You know, yeah. with bath towels, we have less of them, but we normally have quite a few tea towels. Um, you know, so yeah, get those in. And your your bath downstairs toilet or your cloakroom that everybody, you know, guests would use, you know, try and get a reasonably sized towel and turn it so that people are only using that particular bit, turn it for the next day, and try and get more uses out of something. Do you like the soft touch texture of a towel or maybe one that's a little harder to the feel or is a different texture depending on where it's used in the house? I like a nice, soft, fluffy towel. Do you? And you know, the best, the best way to get that is when you're doing your washing, never ever use fabric conditioner with towels because what it does is it breaks down the absorbency and it takes the fibres away. Just chuck in a nice big capful of white vinegar with your normal laundry detergent or powder and that will help keep them lovely and soft and fluffy. God, that's a good tip now for you today. That's a really yeah. good tip and it's there. Also, it's also a natural disinfectant, so it's going to make sure those towels are extra clean. Lovely, jobly. You are certainly the queen of clean, no doubt about <laughs> it. You've put us on the straight and narrow today. I always thank you for joining me. And check her out, Queen of Clean, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. She's all over the place. She has thousands and thousands of followers, and I ain't surprised she has. Thank you so much for taking time to talk towels with us on Late Lunch. Thanks, guys. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Lindsay Crombie there, the Queen of Clean. Well, Louise, are you happier after listening to what Lindsay had to say? Will you change the way you operate at all? Well, um, excuse the pun, but before I throw in the towel on this, (laughs) can I just say that you actually have 19 million skin cells and 650 sweat glands in every inch of your body. And dead cells make up 20, the first top 20 layers of your skin some of them come off in the shower but a lot of them stay on the towel so just you know oh, think about that that's millions of things to mm. consider isn't it all at once to be honest with you by God you've done your research I on have. this and do I do I do get where she's coming from but when you yeah. have kids that are coming in sweating from training and, and that you, you, you do tend to kind of change towels regularly mm. as well and mm. they and that Two so, two uses at least. Come on, mm, two at least. Jerry says, "Maraid, I use a toweling robe, so it saves on the bath towel a bit. A toweling robe, you mm. know what I mean? That 
probably dries you when you when you put it onto you as well. Well done I'm to you, Marie. I'm late to do that. <laughs> I ain't surprised. Hi, Jerry. God love Louise. When I went to national school, we had no running water <laughs> in Knoll Village. <laughs> I started school in the late sixties. There was a basin of water in the boys' toilet. Changed once a week if you are lucky. More likely once a month. Towel uh, for the whole school. A towel for the whole school. Oh my God, when you think about it. <laughs> that comes in from Gabriel today. Uh, another one there from Mary. She says, I use my own shower towel, but I use it twice. As Jerry says, your cells are your own. And that's the important thing to remember. That's the point I make. That is so true. It's you. It's your towel. You... You uh, use your own. Anyway, there you go. Come on, you got to use them more than once. But uh, interesting what she has to say about, you know, in a busy kitchen area, yeah. that it is changed. And daily. energy. I really get the thing about yes, energy. That, that Actually, whole... another tip for go towels on. is if you are, if you have to use your tumble dryer to get clothes dried faster, put in a dry towel. It absorbs the, the moisture and makes them dry faster in the go. tumble dryer. There you go. God, she's on fire here today <laughs> between the millions the millions per square inch in our bodies dry towels in the, in, what's coming next you never know on late lunch do you anyway stay with us first break of the afternoon back in a moment Jerry, my daughter-in-law I think she washes for everyone on her road everything that's bought is washed before it's used <laughs> you gotta have a fuckle in her clues you really do uh, Jerry, what about Norwick's towel that have a backlock silver built into the towels that kill the bacteria as it dries. There you go. What's that about? Norwex towels. We'll have to check that out. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, it's time for your TV theme. I always struggle with that. But I get it out eventually. Hold on a second. Here it comes. TV theme on Friday for a nice prize and late lunch. Have a listen. Ah, it brings me back when I came home from school every day and me mammy made me dinner from... Well, it wasn't me dinner. We had a dinner at lunchtime, but made me a sambo and a cup of tea and I sat down and I have the badge, you know. I have the badge. I have the badge. I didn't win it myself, but it was gifted to me. What TV show are we talking about? That is the theme from 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text for your answers. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I just loved it and still love it. My next guest, well, looks like he could be on the brink of winning. He has a really inspiring story. I'm delighted to say hello to 16-year-old Oren Dunn. Hello, Oren. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for joining me on the show today. Is this true that you only took up golf during the pandemic? That's right. Never before hit a ball, had clubs, anything like that? No, ne- nothing like it. A bit of mini golf, I'd say. A bit of crazy golf, that was it. Yes. Never, yeah, never, never even picked up a golf club. I can play crazy golf with the real thing, I have to tell you, Orn, as well. Never mind going to specifically <laughs> play it elsewhere. Anyway, so you take it up during uh, the lockdown. And is it true you came up with a real innovative way to hit golf balls in your garden? Tell them what you did. Yeah, so I put up uh, an old mattress in the garden and because uh, all the driving ranges and that were closed so I I uh, hit into the mattress and then there was I had to dodge some but <laughs> it, it's I still got the got the thing <laughs> Absolutely any go over the wall or out of the perimeter into neighbours gardens or anything Yeah if you went into the neighbours <laughs> garden and, oh we won't talk about that. As you do, as you do. No worries, no harm done. Anyway, no, you no. start to practice during lockdown uh, yourself in your back garden and then you decide to take this a little further. Tell tell us how it progressed then. What happened when the lockdowns were lifted? Yeah, well, lockdowns were lifted and then I was just so excited. I'm mad to go into a golf course. So started playing a couple of times a week um, and then just started getting a little bit better at it. 
and then just never never let up from there and then I um signed up for uh an event in the Irish uh junior open tour and just yeah, I just went up with no expectation of anything and I looked up on the leaderboard and there I was in first place. <laughs> Good on you. This is yeah. one great story. Did you join any club in your area? Are you a member of a club now? Yeah, I'm a member of actually two clubs. Um, Mo and Mullingar Golf Club. Good man. Mullingar's a lovely club, isn't it? And I'm yeah. sure Moat is a gorgeous club as well. So you are a club member there now. So you go on this Irish Junior Open Tour and this is a big event. I was just looking at it. It starts yeah. at under 7s and goes up to under 19s. You're 16. Yeah. You're playing in the under 19 group now, are you? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Jeez, you're three years below the age, just over the 15 bracket. So you're playing yeah. well with, with, within your, your age group. So you're yeah. up there uh, rubbing shoulders with the good and the great. And this is a series of events, is it, Oren? Yes? Yeah, so there's a winter, spring and uh, summer mm. uh, series. And I'm playing, obviously, the spring one at the minute. Um, and then it goes on to the the summer one. And then for... There's an invitational event then as well called the Champions of Champions. Yes. And then uh, you win your age category. When you win your age category or um, the series, then you progress into that. Good man. So you're well in the hunt for honours as the spring series moves on, which is wonderful to hear. And in a very short space of time too, you must have a, a flair for it. Who got you the clubs? My granddad got me an, an old set from a second-hand shop. And I was like that, just out in the garden, chipping up and down, and like I couldn't go obviously anywhere. And then I, I got a different set of clubs then because I started playing well, and uh, then yeah, I just started getting. I got a little bit better clubs, and then I got. I started watching YouTube then as well uh, to kind of help me out because I, I didn't know where, like, what to do or yeah, anything like that. I didn't know anything about it, so I just researched. As much as I could, because YouTube is free as well. Like so, <laughs> yeah, good, good. Yeah. You gotta get it where you don't have to pay the few euro for it. And yeah. have you have you had with with your potential that you obviously have? Have you had any lessons? Yeah, I, I've I've had a few lessons and um, started off with James Quinlevin and then I, I um, I'm with Brian McCormack at the minute. Yes, um, and he's just working one on one with me. And we're doing stuff on the course, stuff, um, you know, we're doing everywhere we can and even with knowledge of golf and stuff like that. Yeah. You have a good man teaching you? Yeah. Oh, you have. Oh, yes, you have a good man tutoring you now. But here's the remarkable thing about you. Besides taking to this game during lockdown and, and really showing a flair for it and showing prowess and potential now on the course, competing with the best of the best, you have overcome a remarkable illness, or a very serious, should I say, illness in your life. Tell us about that, Orn. Yeah, well, back in 2016, I was diagnosed with three types of leukaemia. Um, and, yeah, I just I came back from a holiday and went back, went into, into Mullingar Hospital and I was, a few days later, I was diagnosed with three types of leukaemia. And your treatment involved a lot of people, Crumlin, St James's, and Great Ormond Street in in London, all involved yeah. in your in your care and treatment plan. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know. We thought we would have to move away for a while to get treatment, but lucky enough, like all the hospitals pulled together and got me through it. And it was a rare condition, a real rare yeah. condition. You're one of very few in the world, but. It's gone well for you, and you're 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 feeling well and and in good health now. Yeah, yeah, all good now, all good now. My God, this is a story and a half to come through what you've come through, and now you know take up this sport. Is there anyone else just going back to the game in your family? Does anyone else? Does your granddad play golf or anybody else? Yeah, my granddad plays golf, and then um, my dad plays it, and then my cousin plays it as well. And there's always someone to. To, like to look up to, yeah, in any sport ways, and yeah. then my uncle Niall then as well. He plays a bit as well. Grand. So there is a bit of golf for sure yeah. in the family. If I was to ask you, what's your strength now? 
of course they all have to be good so we know this but the drive off the tee the iron play or the putting what would you say is your strongest aspect of your game uh, driving probably would be my most any young lad now is just <laughs> hitting these big 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 drives you know so. <laughs> I'm going to remind you something young man will you listen to these wise words you've heard them before yeah. driving for show putting for dough that's it the soft hands are on the green as well. Oh, yes. Keep that in mind. Look at Mr. Lowry. I'm sure you'll watch him, how good he is around the greens and that as well. But listen, that it's yeah. all—it's the whole thing. It's the whole package. Driving, iron, the putting, the whole lot coming together, Orn. Yeah. Yeah, Lowry's one of the best in the world around mm. the greens, yeah. Oh, yes. You put your money on him anyway when, <laughs> yes. when he's in close range. You certainly would. But you know what? I don't have to remind you. Brian McCormick is as well. Practice makes perfect. That's it. And that's it. And you put in a good bit of time now, do you? I know your schooling's important yeah. to you as well. You put in a lot of time, do you, practising? Yeah, I, I go to the range um, once or twice a week. Yeah. And then I try to get out twice uh, twice a week then on the on the golf course as well. And I probably at that, it still isn't enough, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's on, on the, the short game areas where I'm trying to get out most on now. Because yes. um, uh, you go and you practice your short game for a while and then driving would start a week and then, and then you start driving and then oh, one thing after another. Oh, but you never have a mastered. <laughs> Tell me that's about what, it. That's what I love about it. Tell me about it. I play a bit myself, do my best. And you're right. One day you're driving in Immaculate and the next day you go out and you're winging this way and that way. I know what you're talking about. We all do. <laughs> it's the yeah. score. It's the scourge of golfers. Anyway, with summer on the way and holidays, you'll have more time too. Yeah, I can't wait to get uh, off school and out on the courses five days a week if I can. Do it. Do it, young fella. Yeah, you have youth on your side. You have huge potential as well. And look at what you've come through, as I say again, and doing well health-wise. I wish you well. We'll keep an eye on you now on this tour. You're among the leaders going into the uh, next couple of rounds. The next one, where are you for next? I'm in uh, Spa Golf Club. Yes, Powell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up that up that neck of the woods. Good on you. Well listen, good yeah. luck to you with the rest of the series and uh, wish you well with everything in your life. You're a great man. Thank, Thank you. you for joining me today. Nice talking to you. Thank you. You too. Take care now. Bye bye. Isn't he fantastic? Isn't he? Orn Dunn there, sixteen years of age, playing on the nineteen, the junior open tour of Ireland and doing really well and only t- took up the game during the pandemic. Remarkable, remarkable. Now today is the International Day of the Midwife. They've been celebrating it for quite a number of years now and I'm delighted to welcome a too late lunch a member of the team at the midwifery led unit at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital Fiona Maloney hello Fiona hiya Jerry. how are you how are you I'm, getting on I'm really good a special good. day this isn't it for you it all is. there well it was yesterday now but we're doing so, the big oh, celebration oh, today. I beg your pardon. Yeah, Go on, yeah. yeah big celebration so we've had lots of cake so we're all happy now after lunch <laughs> <laughs> so today is the day it has been marked in the hospital when you think of Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital and I'm looking here at a picture of the original uh, uh, maternity unit in uh, the Beach Grove, in Beach yeah. Grove House. It, it's come a long way, hasn't oh, it's it? Come very, <laughs> you're right about that. It's oh, huge changes over the years, Jerry. huge changes. Um, we're now attached, you know, to the general, obviously here in Our Lady Lords. And um, yeah, we've, we've specialist areas. It's, it's great. Big, big changes. Yeah. Um, the, the unit itself, when you think about it, it opened there. How long is the, is the new unit open? How many years? Um, well, we opened up from, I think it was 1981, I think was when yes. we, we opened up here in, uh, yeah, and it's then we have, of course, the development centre, the military led unit then, which opened up in 2004 here as well. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's just been the changes. When you look, I know we sent you a piece on it, when you look at the changes over the years, yes. there's been so many and how progress really within the um maternity services it's it's really great when you when you think about that even to be recognized as a midwife that only happened in very recent 2011. times 2011 imagine only 2011 we were really recognized as a separate profession yes so up until that point we were considered nurses really and even mm. back in i think it was 1951 they wanted to get rid of the, the eliminate right. midwife altogether and That's then right. use the term maternity nurse 
So it was really only recognised, yeah, 2011 as a separate profession. So, um, yeah, and we're very different. And then, you see, we had now, you know, our direct entry midwives, whereas back in the day when I was training now, Jerry, we had to be nurses first, you know. Yes. So, and I knew even when I went to, to go into midwifery before I even became a nurse. So it's great now that they, there's that opportunity for people, you know, to go straight into it. Yeah, it really has opened up. What about you? And is it something, you said it there a moment ago, this is something you always wanted to do. This is oh, yeah. your, your, your life's desire. Oh, yeah, I just love my job. It's mm. a great job. It's such a privileged job to be there from the beginning with a couple and a woman and, and go through that experience of her with her, you know, through her pregnancy and then delivery and then the care afterwards, postnatal care in this community. I mean, you have to be passionate about your job. Mm. I pinch myself all the time thinking how lucky I am to be in the job of mum, you know, and it's just, it's a great, it's a great unit we have here in Our Lady mm. Lords and Drogheda. So we have all the different departments, you know, there's so many um uh, teams, you know, and specialist teams. We have the midwifery led unit and the labour ward, the antenatal clinics. You have even diabetes specialists, early transfer home teams. But we all work so well together, you know, and that's what the the big thing is. And just working for for better for women and uh, their families, you know, we yeah. really want to provide the best care. And the midwifery led unit was another huge development when that came forward yeah. as well and I know you have a wonderful team yeah. of obstetricians there as oh, well we do. we do and we work well with them you see. Yes. it's all teamwork and the reason it works so well is because we all work so well together you know but yeah the midwifery led unit started then in 2004 so initially it was only a pilot study mm. you know after the closure of Dundalk and um, Monaghan General Hospital and the study was done and they said we'll, we'll trial the midwifery led unit but talk about a success then so yeah it's really developed over the years and um, it's gone from being you know women were either you were you were given a trial you were either just nearly put into a, a potluck are you going to be midwifery led unit or um, consultant led unit if you met the criteria and guidelines to get in whereas now it's you're automatically you know women are given a choice really so everything's if you're low risk care and if you're in a support care pathway you're you're offered midwifery led unit first and then after that then if you want to to go with a consultant you can you know so so it means that there's there's time then to focus on the, the higher risk um women in in the uh, yes. in the consult under the consultants you know um and then it means women can have that option of, of continuous midwifery care then throughout their pregnancy and in interpartum so in their labor and again postnatally as well it's great mm. great service you uh, created history for the hospital in 2019 when the first yes. baby first in Ireland baby I remember it well and I'll <laughs> tell you I'll t- I'll, I'll, the excitement was and, and when I tell you how you ever bet that crowd in the National I, Maternity <laughs> Hospital I'll never know they get it don't they they just I, I swear to God they have it ready ready to go I think the baby just to be there I, I'm, I'm nearly sure they have it ready in theatre just to deliver that <laughs> but yeah we were so excited so I have the great. picture in my mind I can see the midwife no, or the I obstetrician know. with their hand on the baby's head <laughs> until the clock strikes yeah. 12 well, yeah, I don't know yeah. how you did it, it but you did it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Oh, the excitement. But it is a great, great job, I have to say, Jerry. And it's a great unit we have here, a great department from from the top down. It's just such a, a privileged job. And I would encourage anyone, anyone out there who's thinking of doing midwifery, just go for it because it's a great, great profession to be in. And as you say, celebrations ongoing today on the back of the day yesterday, which recognises midwifery all over the world. And, you know, numbers wise, uh, since the pandemic, is there an increase? Do you see more people coming through your well, door? Now, unfortunately, with the cyber attack last year, a lot of our figures and stuff oh, got damn. lost. And yes, all, you yes, know. Yes. But um, so last year in 2021, I think we did nearly 2,981 babies delivered. Right. So, I mean, our numbers have kind of stayed stable. But I think this year, there may be a slight increase. Yeah, I think maybe there'll be a few COVID babies on the way. All right. <laughs> I'm sure there absolutely <laughs> will. Well, look, at just we wanted to acknowledge you today. You're fantastic at the heart of our community here in the North East. Oh, so many people it. have arrived into this life through yeah. Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. With women yep. and their families. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, great, it, a, great, a great time to be with, involved it's with It's a privilege. Yeah, it is. And you, it is. you are so lucky. Anyway, regards to your director and everybody there today. Thank you so Congratulations much, really again. Thanks again. Not Take at all. Care. Take, Take care, care yourself. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 That's uh, Fiona Maloney there uh, marking the International Day of the Midwife from Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda. My next guest is a familiar face and voice on RTE, our national broadcaster. And when I tell you she, her fourth book published, I think it was yesterday, on the back of the three previous ones that were all shortlisted for an Irish Book Award. And I'm sure you're a fan and there are many fans listening today 
say, can anybody help me 2014? Are you watching me 2015? And one bad turn in 2017, all featuring DS Claire Boyle. I am delighted to say hello to Sinead Crowley this afternoon. Hello, Sinead. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, This is a change of direction, may I say, an historical ghost story. Is that fair comment? Yep, very much a change of direction. Um, And a ghost story is, yeah, the best way to sum it up. It's a story that was very similar to books I was reading over the last couple of years. You know, during COVID in particular, when we were all at home and we couldn't go very far, I started to go back and read a lot of ghost stories and historical novels. And I think we all wanted something to kind of take us away from reality, you know, whether it was films or books or whatever. So that's the sort of book I was reading. And then that's the sort of story I started to write. So it's set in mostly in County Roscommon and it is about a nanny who comes to work for an old, for a couple in an old house, they're trying to restore this beautiful old house that they own. And she comes to work as a nanny for their young daughter. But then she discovers that the house is not everything is as it seems in the house, and there are some spooky things flickering in the darkness. And then the other strand of it is set in the 1800s, when the house just after the house was originally built, and features the daughter of the house, the original daughter of the house, who loves it very much but um, can't inherit it. So, so we find out what happens to So her. when she arrives back, there are more than meets the eye in terms of occupants of the house, Sinead. Exactly. And it is, you know, there's, I suppose there's always been the big house novel or the big spooky mm. house novel, particularly in Britain. And I just really wanted to do that in an Irish context because obviously we have these beautiful big houses as well, but there would be a completely different history here in terms of the Anglo-Irish relationship and so on and who was living with them and how the locals thought about them. So it was taking that big spooky house that we know so well from a lot of British fiction, but moving it into an Irish context and, you know, specifically Irish story. You've also said as well, and I, I find this myself, and the lockdown was a real curse in this one. When you're out and about with your job and you're meeting people and going different places, it really does prompt ideas and concepts. And this is uh, the case, isn't it, with the Belladonna Maze, the book? Yeah, it had a couple of different influences, actually. The nanny, Grace, who comes to work in the old house, her story, actually, we meet her first in Greece. And she comes from, so, and that shows you, I suppose, how the ideas can be floating around for a while. Mm. Because her story came to me originally a couple of years ago. We uh, tend to go to Greece with our children. Now, they're, they're nine and 12 now. But when they were much younger, we would go to holidays with kids clubs, to hotels with kids clubs. Yes. And you'd all know them where they'd have a kids disco at night. Mm. And this would be finally your hour that you could sit down and watch yes. them while yes. they dance. And you're staring at these lovely reps who are doing all these dances and entertaining <laughs> the children. And I was in one particular hotel one summer and the reps were absolutely amazing and they just had my children entranced you know and they had them up dancing and I was looking at them going I wonder what you do when the summer is over you're so good at this and you're so Mm. much a part of our life for a fortnight and then we'll never see you again so I just started thinking what do you do at the end of the summer so that's where the idea of Grace came to me she's a rep during the summer she's a nanny during the winter she's in her late 20s so although she loves her job she's starting to think maybe it's time to settle down and get something a bit more full time and that's when she meets a family in the holiday resort they say look you're clearly great with our daughter would you like to come back to Ireland and mind her full time and that's how she ends up going back to Ireland with them so that's how different parts of the story were sparked off by different you know different things Mm. also the big house itself would have come from a lot of work I've done with RTE like I'm lucky enough to cover you know gigs in places like Mm. Spain obviously near yourselves um, Strad Valley for Electric Picnic you know Castletown House I I get to cover stories in all these places so even though the house in my book isn't based on any one of them it came from that idea of people doing different things with big houses you know that they were whether they're staging art exhibitions or concerts they're doing whatever they can to to restore them and keep them going as as a going concept Isn't it amazing those incidents you mentioned there happened at different times and yet they come together in the book. I wanted to ask you that about writing. You're busy, of course, with your job, your children and all else besides. What's your modus operandi? How do you write? In very short bursts. (laughs) <laughs> I would love to have one of those, you know, retreats where you head off to a cottage by the seaside for a week, but I don't <laughs> yes. have it. So I have evolved to write in very short bursts. So whether it's an hour in the morning or an hour at night or even an hour in the car, to be honest with you, if I'm dropping the kids somewhere, I can sit there. My my tip is a very small laptop with great battery power that you can just carry around with you. So it's very short bursts, but I've kind of evolved to do that. So now I found I can be quite productive for that hour. And possibly not for much longer, you know, so and maybe that's the journalist in me as well. 
I can, if, if you give me an hour, I'll make use of it. Yes. You know, that sort of way, rather than, I think sometimes I think if I had a full day, I might only produce the hour because that's how I write now. And that would be my tip as well for people who, who want to try it. Don't think about the big 100,000 words that you have to do. Mm. Just think about today, 500 to 1,000 words. The looming, the looming deadline. You're right when you work in this business. I'm like yourself. You know, once you, if you give me a deadline in a week's time, I'll footer and mess it. But once it's coming into focus, you know yourself, you, you, you get to it and do it. I'm, I'm intrigued by the name Belladonna. Is there a story behind that? Um, again, I suppose collaborative working with my agent as well, who was really, who pushed me towards the historical end of this novel, actually. And that's another way books are collaborative. You know, that's you're sitting in your bedroom or wherever and you're writing them, but then you end up working with other people and they have ideas. The maze was always a central part of the book because there's people literally get lost in the maze or, or mm. do they or, you know, children run in it. But Belladonna, I suppose, being a plant, it has all those implications. It can have poisonous seeds. Um, it can grow into a hedgerow. It's such a Shakespearean nearly in some way. Do you know what I mean? I just, as soon as she mentioned it, I thought, yeah, that's, that's a fascinating word. And then we wrote it in that it is part of the maze and there are actually belladonna flowers and belladonna seeds in the maze. So really it's just, again, yes. painting this picture of something that is dangerous and mysterious, naturally occurring, but not what it seems, you know. The the change for you from what you knew and what you've been so successful at was that was that a in itself uh, you know an ask of you? I think. Well, thank you very much. First of all, um, I think it when I write, it's just a different headspace. Yeah, like it's it's not. I'm not going to call it a hobby. That's too light, but it is that thing where it's the hour a day or every couple of days where I can get away and do something completely different. And we all know how busy broadcasting is. And, you know, you are working mm. to a tight deadline and you're meeting people and you're chatting. This is just my head goes in a different place is the best way to describe it. And particularly during lockdown, that was so important, you know, that you could just go and think about something else. And I have to say, out of all my books, this is the one I enjoyed writing more. And I really think it was because of that. It was because when I couldn't go more than 2K or 5K, at least my brain, my imagination could yes. go off to the west of Ireland and go somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, and that fantastic. was the amazing thing. I was dependent on Google Images for some of this. Like I, when I started planning the book, I thought, oh, I'll have a lovely weekend in Sligo and I'll, you know, go to the seaside and I'll write what I see. But we couldn't go anywhere. Mm. So I ended up texting people I know from Sligo going, can you see Ben Bulban if you're on your way into the hospital? You know, questions like that. <laughs> so it was all just in my head. And I have to say it was really enjoyable to write. And that's what I'm hoping people will get out of it. Yeah. You know, we're still, it's things are a difficult time and mm. things are tough and I would just love this to entertain somebody and to take them out of themselves for a couple of hours that, oh, that would be my wish for it it will it will for sure I can tell you that and I've been looking at the way it's been received and what people have to say about it they love it in terms of spirit and ghosts and you mentioned and you told us how you got the idea in Greece the big house etc did you ever see anything in your lifetime that you thought was unusual that's a, it's, it's a yes and no answer. Nothing that I will put my finger on. Mm. But there has been the odd incidences of, do you ever walk into a room and get a smell of perfume or a smell of cigarette smoke? That kind of shouldn't be there. And you're yeah. thinking, is that, is that, is it not enough maybe to put your finger on it? But mm. I am aware of that. And when I wrote the book, when I started writing it, I was thinking, should I do one of these, you know, beautiful literary thrillers where you're not quite sure whether there is a ghost or not? And, you know, is it in her head or not? And then I said, no, actually, because I really respect ghost stories and I love them. And I like writers who do go the full hack and do the keep it real life ghosts. You know what I mean? So I did it. And I think ghost stories themselves are such an amazing genre. Like I would always around October, around Halloween time, read a couple of really good Victorian ghost stories. I love them. So I wanted to sort of pay tribute to that in a way. So I didn't want there to be, so it is a proper ghost story. Now, a few people have said to me, will they be terrified? I think it's, I'm hoping it's on the lighter end, you know, Yeah. but um, not quite 18s. But I do love ghost stories. I love the tradition of them. I love handing, you know, the, the oral tradition, people telling each other, even my children, like we did years ago, telling each other spooky stories in the dark and so on. I just love that tradition. So mm. I wanted to pay tribute to that as well. They're looking for more. I see that already. I think you're onto something here. You're going to have to develop this as you move on to the next one and the one after. But for the moment, this is the one today. It's just out. It's called The Belladonna Maze by Sinead Crowley. I wish you all the very best with it and good luck for the future. And thank you so much for joining thank me today. You. Thank you so much. It was lovely speaking to you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Sinead Crowley there. Ah, oh, Jerry the Towels. My nine-year-old uses one to stand on, 
one to wrap in, one for a hair, one to sit on the bed every time. And they all have to be washed straight away. The bane of my life, says Mina. Come on, you need to put the foot down there. Holy God Almighty, the cold country, it seems, is washing towels non-stop. <laughs> anyway, time to move on on late lunch this afternoon. We uh, always uh, bring you a laugh on Friday on the show. And today, I am going to Torquay. And one of the most famous sitcoms of all time comedy shows. Yes, it's Mr Basil Fawlty and the lady with the faulty hearing aid. Good morning, madam. Can I help you? Are you the manager? I am the owner, madam. What? I am the owner. I want to speak to the manager. I am the manager too. What? I am the manager as well. Manager, he manager. You're what? I'm the manager. What? I'm the manager. Yes, I know. You've just told me. What's the matter with you? Now listen to me. I booked a room with a bath. When I book a room with a bath, I expect to get a bath. You've got a bath. I'm not paying £7.20 per night plus VAT for a room without a bath. Where is your bath? You call that a bath? It's not big enough to drown a mouse. It's disgraceful. I wish you were a mouse. And another thing. I asked for a room with a view. Deaf, mad and blind. Uh, This is the view as far as I can remember, madam. Yes, yes, this is it. When I pay for a view... I expect something more interesting than that. That is Torquay, madam. No, it's not good enough. <laughs> well, may I ask what you were expecting to see out of a Torquay hotel bedroom window? <laughs> Sydney Opera House, perhaps? The hanging gardens of Babylon? Herds of wildebeest sweeping majestically? <laughs> I expect to be able to see the sea. You can see the sea. It's over there between the land and the sky. <laughs> I need a telescope to see that. Well, may I suggest that you consider moving to a hotel closer to the sea? Or preferably in it. (laughs) Now, listen to me. I'm not satisfied, but I've decided to stay here. However, I shall expect a reduction. Why? Because Krakatoa's not erupting at the moment? Because the room is cold, the bath is too small, the view is invisible, and the radio doesn't work. No, the radio works. You don't. What? (laughs) See if I can fix it, you scabby old (laughs) bastard. I think we got something then. What? I think we got something then. What are you doing? (laughs) Don't think me rude, but may I ask, do you by any chance have a hearing aid? A what? A hearing aid! Yes, I do have a hearing aid. Would you like me to get it mended? Mended? It's working perfectly all right. No, it isn't. I haven't got it turned on at the moment. Why not? The battery runs down. Now, what sort of a reduction are you going to give me on this room? 60% if you turn it on. What? My wife handles all such matters. I'm sure she will be delighted to discuss it with you. I shall speak to her after lunch. You heard that all right, didn't you? What? Thank you so much. Lunch will be served at half past 12. (laughs) She certainly did hear it. Classic clip from Faulty Towers there in Basel at his very best and the Faulty Hearing Aid. Now, my soundtrack this week is from the musical Waitress, which I remind you again is coming to the Borgash Energy Theatre at the beginning of June and the music is just something else from it. It's a fantastic show and I'm sure there are many booked for it already. I've been talking all week about Sarah Bareilles who wrote the score for the musical. What a talent she is and when you hear the songs you just understand her brilliance. And today to finish off, I don't have much to say about it because I just want to play this song that really is simply brilliant from Waitress and Sarah Bareilles. It's not simple to say Most days I don't recognize me That these shoes and this apron That place and its patrons Have taken more than I gave them It's not easy to know I'm not anything I used to be, although it's true I was never attention's sweet center I still remember But she used to be mine 
Oh, simply beautiful. Sarah Bareilles there from Waitress. What a wonderful, wonderful song that is and show the soundtrack from which I've been featuring all week on Late Lunch. Final break of the day in the week on the way and he's joining us once more, a presenter of Sunday Sport. David Sheehan looks ahead to the weekend sporting action. Let's finish the weekend off or the week off on late lunch by looking ahead to the weekend sporting action as we usually do at this time with our presenter of Sunday Sport here on LMFM Radio, David Sheehan. Welcome back to the show, David. How you doing, Jerry? I'm good. Thanks for joining me again. Let's get straight to business and it all begins this evening uh, with the League of Ireland. I can't believe that Dundalk haven't won away all season. They're going to win tonight at Belfield, David. I think so, yeah. UCD winless all season. Actually hadn't, you know, if you look through the results, a little bit like Longford last year, haven't been getting too many hammerings. They've been getting beaten 2-0, 2-1, that kind of thing. Now, they did get absolutely hosed a few weeks ago by Terry City, but uh, they're not the only team to, to suffer that this season and won't be the last. Um, but yeah, certainly in short, you know, Dundalk in third place, UCD rooted to the bottom of the table and Barron and Miracle will be relegated. So I think Dundalk will pick up their their first away win tonight. They're missing Mark Conley and Dan Williams through suspension, but they welcome Stephen Bradley back. So yeah, you'd have to fancy uh, it to be a, a win for Dundalk. I'm not saying it's going to be hugely comfortable. They might uh, they might have a little bit of trouble. UCD can be sticky enough opponents, but they should certainly get the win, yeah. And the good run continues. Now, you'll be at the game in Drogheda this evening and it's the master taking on the apprentice. Yeah, Tim Clancy returning to head in the game park for the first time as St. Pat's manager um, since obviously he left Drogheda at the end of last season and took over St. Pat's in contentious circumstances as we all remember. But yeah, you know, it should be a very interesting game. Drogheda in seventh place at the minute. Pat's, uh, like Drogheda, conceded four goals last week. Pat's hammered at home by, by Derry City. They were 3-0 down at half time. Drogheda, of course, losing the loud derby last weekend against Dundalk. So both sides looking to bounce back from those defeats. Uh, they met once already this season up in Richmond Park. That was a one-all draw. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, as I said, Pat's will certainly, they had expectations of pushing Derry and Shamrock Rovers uh, for the title. It hasn't gone too great for them so far. They've lo- already lost five this season and are in fifth place. So they'll really need to get the win tonight. Drogheda uh, still missing a couple of players. Mark Hughes as well, of course. You would have seen that news during the week announcing his retirement. Very sad news from him. He's just had a lot of bad injuries and he's had to call quits in his career. But uh, Drogheda, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one for them tonight. Pats obviously have, have plenty of quality there. But I think Drogheda can certainly get something out of the game. They've lost the last two after that kind of unbeaten run they went on there six games or so a while ago um, but I think they can get something out of tonight's game both sides will be looking to, to bounce back and I, I think they might sneak a point out of this one now Drogheda Yeah it'd uh, be a welcome point as you said uh, if they lose tonight it's three losses on the spin uh, Clancy has to be under a bit of pressure at Pats Yeah I think you know he's probably finding out that the expectations uh, as he would have known going in there are a lot higher at St Pats you know they won the cup last year and as I said They've invested, you know, they brought in a few players, some of whom came from Drogheda, of course, like Joe Redmond and Mark Doyle. So uh, they have invested in the squad. Things haven't gone to plan for them so far. As I said, fifth in the table. It's probably safe to say they're not going to challenge the top two. Rovers and Derry look to be very strong at the minute. But Pats would certainly, at the very least, be looking to, to get into Europe next season and possibly try and retain the, the FAI Cup. So I think he probably is under a little bit of pressure, Tim, especially after that 4-0 defeat at home against Derry last week. And I said to be 3-0 down at half-time was an absolute disaster. So they're going to really need to put in a performance tonight. Mm. Now, Premier League is a two-horse race. Liverpool, again, just a point ahead. Should I say, sorry, Man City, a point ahead of Liverpool, again, going into the weekend games. Now, these look like tricky games for both of them, even though they both have home advantage. Tomorrow, Liverpool and Tottenham. And Tottenham looking for points to get that fourth place and uh, Champions League participation. Yeah, going head to head with with Arsenal, uh, your beloved Arsenal, Jerry, uh, uh, in that race for the for the fourth spot. So yeah, they've certainly plenty to play for Tottenham. It's a seven forty five kickoff on a Saturday night, which is very unusual actually in the Premier League. But it's certainly one to look forward to. I think you know Spurs will be a tricky opponent for Liverpool, but Liverpool are just so good at the moment. Their their squad, they've you know they've added to it. I think we spoke before Christmas, and I th- I said I said I thought City would win the league because they had a stronger squad. Well, Liverpool have added. Like the Diaz coming in there in January has been an absolute revelation. So he's given them an extra dimension. I think Liverpool will get the win here. It'll be a tough one for them. I think Spurs will put up a, a good performance, but Liverpool are just so dominant and their their confidence is so high at the moment. It's really hard to see anybody stopping them.
Man City, well, they're assured of going back into the Champions League last year. But what did I read somewhere? 990-something million spent and they still haven't a European Cup or Champions League title to show for it. What a semi-final during the week. I think over the two legs, one of the best matches, double-headed matches, uh, home and away, that I've ever seen. But they were beaten ultimately by Madrid. Now, they have Newcastle tomorrow. Newcastle have been on a decent run, but they've nothing to play for, really, Newcastle. Yeah, they probably probably don't have a whole lot to play for Newcastle, but you know they'll want to go to to Manchester City. I almost said Main Road there, showing my age, but they <laughs> want to go. They'll want to go to the Etihad Stadium and put in a performance and show that they're maybe a coming force. I mean, we know we know all about the controversy around the owners and everything else, but in terms of what's going on in the pitch, they really developed well this season. Obviously, spent heavily in January, but I think the Newcastle players will want to go to Manchester City and show that you know we can compete with the best now and we're we're on the up and up and in a year or two's time we may well be competing with Manchester City for the title Newcastle will say you know um, I mean a lot of people were talking about whether City can bounce back from, from that defeat during the week the one positive for them is they, is they have had plenty of practice over the years of bouncing back from disappointing European defeats so I think they'll be able to put that behind them and, and focus on and they can't afford any slip-ups either Jerry. you know that's the way it goes it wouldn't surprise me if both sides Liverpool and City won all the games from now till the end of the season and, and obviously that would mean City won, won it but um, yeah yeah, it's going to be a tricky one for City, but again, I think they'll they'll just about get enough, or have enough to, to see Newcastle off. Now let's focus on rugby before we finish. And the quarterfinals of uh, the European Cup in, in, in rugby uh, are on this week, and we have uh, two Irish provinces involved: Munster at home to Toulouse, French rugby on a high. What do you think? Yeah, well, at home as you said, but uh, not in, not in home and park as we know Ed Sheeran is is there uh, yeah. this weekend. So so Munster are playing in the Aviva. They were beaten by Toulouse in the last sixteen last April. Toulouse won that one forty thirty three at home and park. But the big difference, Sherry, of course, that day was there were no fans in the in the stadium. Tomorrow we're expecting over thirty thousand Munster fans to be in the Aviva cheering on their side. Um, I think Toulouse has just a bit too much class for me. Look at the, the halfbacks there. They've got Dupont and Entomac. They're just such a, a classy team. I think something like ten. Uh, of those Toulouse players who'll take the field tomorrow were involved in the Six Nations win for France. So Munster are certainly going well at the moment, uh, but I think Toulouse will just just have a little bit too much class for them here. But it should be a cracking game. Leinster play Leicester. Very similar name-wise there, but they have to travel. Leicester are at home. What about this again? I often feel in these games, home advantage can be a, a significant thing. Yeah, as well for the road as well, which is you know probably yeah. the closest thing to Toman Park that, that they have over in England. You know, Leicester synonymous with that ground over the years. Leinster back to full strength. James Ryan is making his first appearance since he, he suffered that concussion against England in, in March. So, going to be a cracking game. One thing to watch out for here, if there's a little bit of sniping between Chris Ashton and James Lowe, don't be surprised because Chris Ashton had a little bit of a cut off James Lowe a couple of years ago when Ireland played England and he said that he was looked like he was carrying it, pulling a cart around behind him. So, there might be a little bit of needle between those two guys coming up against each other on the wing. Uh, I, think, I think Leinster will come through this one it's going to be tough for them it should be again it should be a cracking game cracking occasion over there uh, to go over to, to Leicester and beat them on their home pass should be sweet and I think Leinster will just about have enough to, to get through that one So we'll still have an interest in the uh, Premier European Rugby competition please God after the weekend Anyway David as usual uh, at this time on Friday thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show Sunday Sporty on this week I'm on this Sunday, uh, Jerry. Just very quickly to mention, of course, the Mead ladies are in action tomorrow evening against Dublin in the, the Leinster Championship. They'll probably meet again in the Leinster final, but they're meeting tomorrow night in Parnell Park, and that should be an interesting one as well. We'll have a bit of reaction to that on Sunday. Great stuff. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us, David. Till the next Thanks. time. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself. David Sheehan there, presenter of Sunday Sport, and do join him this Sunday afternoon for our Premier Sports Show of the Week here on LMFM Radio. Well, that's it for another week here on the show. And I want to say once more, big thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week. Thanks so much. We really appreciate your company. To your listeners who are with us every day, love to have you with us. Thanks for joining in, as you do always. And to my producer, Louise Walsh, couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise, for everything. And I just want to mention before I finish, Darkness Into Light tomorrow is a very special occasion right across Ireland. And I wish everybody all the very best who are getting up early in the morning and heading out into the light at dawn. And when you're out there as well, listen to the birds sing round you because the dawn chorus is at its absolutely best at this time of the year. And I often think when I see the robin, I said it to you, and when I hear birds singing that I think of those who've passed on and we think of all those who've lost loved ones to suicide 
ahead of darkness into light tomorrow. And do join our Chris Murray here live on LMFM radio from after 3am in the morning. That's it. Late lunch back on Monday at half past one. Have yourselves a lovely weekend. Take care of yourselves. And Eddie Caffrey, he's up next with the drive here on LMFM radio, raring to go. Have a great weekend. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.